listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cut through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello, Retail Razor Show listeners and viewers, and welcome to retail's favorite podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. I'm your host, Casey Golden. And I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Welcome to another episode in our Shop Talk Live crossover event with Jeff Roster and This Week in Innovation podcast. These crossover podcast series are really so much fun. And I have to start going to Shop Talk on a regular basis, I feel. <laughs> well, it would be amazing for you to join us next time, Casey. We missed you on this series for sure. So on today's show... We are talking about the consumer struggle factor when choosing a product on the shelf, how to convert in-store data you didn't realize you had into meaningful customer insights, and the best contribution to your data analytics loss prevention can make. But first, I've got a startup life question for you, Casey. Oh, bring it. <laughs> Typically, my answer is yes. More caffeine, please. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course it is. So, so here's the question. So how important is compassion when working with retailers. Oh, that's good. There needs to be a lot of room for compassion. Operators have heavy workloads and technology has a tendency to add more work, not less. I feel that outsiders always need to go in humble and serve. Pretty much the opposite of our day-to-day -day with investors and startup culture, really focusing on like the what if, how would, how important is. Just go in knowing and acknowledging that you know nothing, they know everything. Yeah, you're, you're, you're really there to help make them better, right? Not tell them what to do, but you're acknowledging that it's not that they're doing anything wrong, it's that there's always room to do better. Because they're doing something so amazing, you wanted to bring this solution to them first. It, there you go, there you go. That's right, it's, it's an honor to bring it to them because they're the best. They are. And that's why yeah. we decided to build these companies for like the best, right? That's right. That's right. That, that is so, so the right attitude. And, and wait till you see where that comes into play in this discussion. So as you might have guessed in this show, we are interviewing a startup, Shopper AI, an Israeli startup specializing in a unique form of video analytics with the goal of giving you in-store data analytics that's as good as what you get on your e-commerce site. So their, their CEO explains that makes the analogy that, you know, they, they are trying to be the Google Analytics for your store. Fascinating. Now I see where the loss prevention angle comes from. Right. All the security cameras providing that video footage for analytics, right? That's right. Exactly. Well, now I can't wait to see where this struggle factor you mentioned comes to play and how compassion works into all of this. Well, it will definitely be illuminating for sure. No doubt about it. It's all part of our Shop Talk Live crossover event with Jeff Roster as This Week in Innovation. We recorded live and in person at Shop Talk, of course, in Las Vegas last month. And Jeff really demonstrates how the struggle factor plays into making choices as a consumer. Uh, so there's a good story about that that he uses to kind of illustrate that in, in the discussion. Plus, we end with a really great discussion on how hard it is for startups to pitch to a retailer without coming across perhaps a little bit too arrogant in trying to solve problems for the retailer, which I think you just nailed it there, Casey, in your description of how to approach that, that pitch session with the retailer. We'll, we'll see how that goes. 
All right, in that case, let's get right into the interview with Shopper AI's CEO, Lenore Danielle, and their VP of Strategic Growth, Ari Pereya. With you and Jeff. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast crossover, this time coming to you live and in person from Shop Talk 2023. I'm Ricardo Belmar, and I am here with good friend Jeff Roster, host of This Week in Innovation. How you doing, Jeff? You know, I'm uh, I'm actually a little slow today. I might have gotten just a slight hard on day one of Shop Talk. <laughs> Lots yeah. of evening research opportunities that I was working Re- research with. Research opportunities, is that what we're calling that, it now? That's what, that's that what, what we're, we're calling, calling it. it. Did okay, a lot we'll, of research. We'll actually, that. really good research, to be honest with you, but definitely, you know, first yeah. day, tons of energy. It's just a great, it's really, a, I'm really impressed with this venue because I had three events and they were all within, I don't know, you could throw a rock and hit the main part of the exhibit. And so, which meant people were walking by. So you not only had your event, but you also had all that traffic coming by. All the passers-by, yeah. This was phenomenal. Just a fantastic uh, day one, I thought. I agree. Day one was pretty, pretty interesting compared to, this is my second shop talk compared to last year. I think that was busier, a little more action. I think people were enjoying themselves a little bit more on day one than maybe last year, where last year, this was probably for most people their first time out in an in-person event. So I think we're all getting a little bit more used to that. So this is a continuation, I guess I'll call it, of our crossover from NRF, where we had a number of super interesting interviews with really interesting retail tech companies. And in that theme, we've got a fascinating discussion today for listeners. We have with us a team from Shopper AI that we're really excited to chat with. So I'm going to ask Lenore and Ari to please introduce yourselves. Hey, everyone. My name is Lenore Daniel. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Shopper AI. Hello, everyone. I'm Ari Pereira. I'm the VP of Insights and Strategic Growth for Shopper AI. Thank you for having us in the podcast. Well, it's great to have you here. So why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about what's the challenge that Shopper AI addresses for retailers and how you're solving that? Yeah. So basically, we started four years ago in Israel. Me and my co-founder, Sivan, came from marketing, online digital marketing landscape. And we got partnered with the retailer and we asked the question, how can we analyze data from your store? And he was like, what data? And we were like, you know, in e-com, you have Google Analytics in order for you to be better, to optimize, to convert more. Conversion, what's conversion? And then we understand that there is a big gap between what's going on in the online landscape and what's going on in the stores. And it got us so fascinating because, you know, e-com just keeps growing and growing and we like to purchase online. It's easy. You feel like the website knows you. Everything is so focused and accurate. And when you go to a store, all the mess, all the noise, all the things going around and you feel like, I don't want to go to a store. I want to buy online. And basically this thing that we see in the past four and five years, e-com is growing fast. And it's easy to understand. There is a lot of data. You can be better. And the website really actually knows you. And what's happening in offline stores is that you come as a shopper, shoppers, they're paying so much money for marketing, they're paying so much money for personnel, logistics, promotions, and they don't know what's happening with the user's journey. Like they don't have any data of users, I'm saying users because it's anonymously. So they don't know what's going on in the store, in front of the shelves, where are the problems, and this is where Shopper AI come to the picture. So this is what we've done in the past four years building the technology that allows us to grab this data from an offline store. So let's talk about what it takes to get that data. Okay. So basically, 
when we started to work with retailers in Israel, we didn't really understand how deep the gap is. So what we found out that in order for us to collaborate with retailers when they have all these things going on, like all the logistics and personnel, what I just mentioned, you need to be very easy, seamless integration. And for that, we only had the security camera. So we need to crack that the idea how we can get the data from a security camera that it's already there. So we've been through four years of developments with engineer professors and like the best of the best. And we build an algorithm, a software that once we have a connection to the IP of the security camera, automatically takes the video. We can show it as well. Simple video from the store and turn everything that we just see right now to data and from a data to a dashboard. So if we take the equivalent on Google Analytics, Google Analytics analyze each and every movement in the website, what you're looking for, user's behavior, and put it in a dashboard. So same thing over here. This is our website, the shelf. Each and every category is different. And what we see, it's all the movements and everything that they're doing, it's listed. We're saying you need to monitor your touches from the shelf just like you monitor your clicks. And then we have conversion funnels, interaction. We have a toucher. We have market shares. This is what everybody knows, so we have a toucher. And we created a new language and things that if you come from Ecom world makes sense, but here for the, for the industry, it's a bit new. So this is the process. We get connection to an IP of the security camera, the video, we turn it into data, and this data set turns into a dashboard. So you've taken everything that we're used to seeing in e-commerce metrics around, you know, if I equivalent to looking at a product page, then by taking the video feed, you're mapping that to, is this person looking at a particular product on the shelf? If they're picking it up, if they're taking it, then you know they've added it to a basket like they would at an e-commerce site. Correct. So you imagine you can measure how long is someone standing in front of a product to see how effective the shelf placement is. Correct. And add another more thing for that, what you cannot see in online website, it's a struggle rank. So we have ranking that you can use so you mentioned time. So mm-hmm. for example, think that we're looking for a specific product, a shampoo or a snack, or even in a, you know, in a footlocker store, you're looking for a shoe. And then you're in front of the shelf, you're looking, and I, something happened there that you're starting to struggle. You know this face like, never mind, I'll do it later. Okay. You know this yeah, feeling? Right, right. So we have a struggle rank. You cannot have a struggle rank online. Interesting, right. So you, you, so you have a measure of what that, customer sentiment was when they were standing in front of the shelf looking at products. So you have a little, you're adding some insights into their decision-making process while they're shopping. So it's accurate. We are discovering the decision-making tree. So each and every movement becomes suddenly a full map of what's happening. This is our dashboard, by the way. You can show it as well. So this is the decision tree. Looks like an octopus, but every moment, since the moment that the shopper arrived in front of the shelf, then we start the measuring. So we have people who stopped who are interested. You have people who interacted with the category and you have people who touched a certain product, look at it, put it back, and then either abandon the entire category. And this is for a retailer, a very bad thing because it lost the opportunity to sell the product. And what we saw that happened during the research time that we've conducted in Israel, if you took a certain product, you looked at it, you put it back, you probably bought it somewhere else. We saw, based on the research, that 85% of those shoppers go home, maybe they stop in a convenience store and bought that product that they were looking, but put it back. 
So this is our lost potential. So how do you deal with, let's say, if you followed me in my grocery shopping about four months ago, I really cleaned up what I was eating. So I'm paying very close attention to high fructose corn syrup. I'm paying very close attention to carbs, all, all that stuff. So I, I will pick up a product, look at it, and, and the struggle aspect was interesting. I've never heard that term before, but I'm looking at it going, ooh, too many carbs, put it back. That was, I mean, that was just me analyzing a product and putting it back. There's, there's no chance. Well, hopefully there's no chance I'm buying that because I've already made that calculation. I don't want that. How, how are you classifying that kind of an engagement and how frequent is that is, is hopefully more people are, are paying attention to what, what we're consuming? So this is a good example. We're not doing personalization measurements yet. We're looking for the big numbers. So basically I give the equivalent of Google Analytics. So what's happening in the store every shopper that entered the category is measured. So every shopper, if we see this kind of a behavior for 70% of the shoppers looking, turn it back and put it back, we can say there is something in the product, in the ingredients, that there is a problem with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That Very interesting. is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm, if I'm producing a product that, let's say, maybe isn't the, the most healthy or not even close to being healthy, and, and your data comes back and says, hey, you have huge percentage of people that are looking at your product and putting it back. Wow. I've never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And it's based on real life data. And I'll take it to a different category. You spoke about healthy food, but you know, take shampoo category. So one of our clients in Israel, it's a big uh, shampoo distributor. And he was like, I don't know why my shampoo is not selling. I think it's the price. Uh, so we are not thinking, we're watching data and analyzing. Mm -hmm. And what we saw, it was amazing. Like we had this questionnaire that we we're doing with it onboarding and we asked, could it be a problem with the product itself? And they were like, no, it's the number one product. We did test, we did like a focus group. In the focus group, we ask everybody, which is, which is the best smell? And they choose that smell and they said, this is the best smell. So there is no way there is a product uh, problem. So we opened the camera mm -hmm. and in Israel, there is a thing that we're doing. Once we touch the shampoo, if it's a new shampoo, we we like to open and smell it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> is that, is that common in of here? Of course. Yeah, well? that's common. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. Shakes. Yeah, that's common. It's common. Yeah. So <laughs> it's common. not just Israelis. Yeah. So what we saw that 75% of people, like the shoppers, came to the shelf. They were looking at the new product, touching, taking the product. So that means it's not a price issue. I took it already. It's mm -hmm. in my hand. And then they open smell it and they were like Ugh, put it <laughs> oh, back because you could see it on the video listen so, it's you crazy. could see on the video that they didn't it's like crazy the <laughs> wow and then you show those numbers wow. like it's hundreds of thousands of people mm -hmm. every day you know in a, in a big chain and they were like there's no way and i was saying like listen if you ask somebody a question ask me if you look good today i'll say yes <laughs> maybe i don't <laughs> you know what i mean maybe it's right. like wait a minute you said we look good today <laughs> <laughs> so speak saying, for yourself jeff <laughs> like in a focus group, people are saying like the rational thing hmm. and, and it doesn't mean that they will be motivated yeah. to purchase that product. Right. And once you identify the problem, we're talking like in a category, right? You identify the problem, the, the vendor itself or the retailer yeah. itself can understand, okay, so I don't need to do like a big sale or a big promotion because it's not Even price. Exactly. It's not price. To so, identify the problem. And yeah. It's, so, so this is, so we, you and I have talked about this. Jeff, remember we see some of these interesting survey, consumer surveys that show up in the industry and our, our friend at George Mason University is doing a very different kind of consumer in, insight survey. Where, and, and I think your example reflects that 
Lenore very closely because you have consumers in a focus group. If they know they're in the focus group and they know there, there are lots of people in the group, they may be psychologically less inclined to want to go against the group because you don't want to feel like you're the one that did, that said what? You're the, you're the one that's different, but you're right. When standing in front of the products at the store in front of the shelf and you actually look at it and smell it and you're, you think, oh, this isn't what I like at all. And you make a completely different decision. Exactly. That's why we are the next generation of shopper research because we can really look at what is happening in front of the shelf and we are mm -hmm. translating that into different insights in terms of the shopper journey, shopper behavior and everything that is happening in store. That's where most of the retail stores are blind today. And take it one step ahead because we're talking on in store, but let's talk about chains. In, in America, the scale is much bigger than in Israel. This is why we waited so much up until the technology and the structure of the, you know, the architecture of the software will be scalable enough. So we spoke about one store, but if you're a chain like Nike or Walmart, mm -hmm. and I give you your entire map and we're connecting in all of the stores, suddenly you can see that you get alerts, not just about the shampoo or struggle mm -hmm. ranks, you get alerts from the entire chain. So for example, in Denver, Denver, Colorado, what we see now, it's like we have less conversion. We have a problem with specific female that don't buy it. And as a manager or CEO or, or VP marketing, you can see it pushed to you as alert, what is the problem in the chain? Mm. And then you can take, drill down to see the video that we saw before, specific category, what's the problem? So it's not just one store, it's scalable. We can see Scales it- Scales to the whole chain. Exactly. And then the metrics is different and we can do statistics for the entire chain, which brings us to a different universe. And that was mm. the idea. Like, mm making an unscalable world scalable. So, so really you're combining the performance metrics that you would expect on your e-commerce site, but you're delivering that in store. And then on top of that, you're delivering all of these actual shopper insights and on shopper sentiment, on their behaviors while they're engaged in that shopping. Exactly. All and in when one you, dashboard. Yes, and when you think about Omni, right? You have all the metrics in e-com and most of the industries, they have some difficulty to make the data make sense because they are looking at something in the brick and mortar space. They are looking something different in e-com. And when you have similar KPIs, you can start to bridge the data and you can start to have a holistic view, which today you might be different because you're looking in two different ways, but now you can have a holistic view of the data, both places. Full pictures. So in your deployments in Israel, I'm guessing you probably have more security cameras, although I think probably in America we might be catching up. How Do you have to add anything additional to get the date, anything from a hardware perspective, or you are literally just using the footprint that's already existing? In the beginning, we're starting only with what's existing, and it gives you so much, wow. so much, because you don't have anything like this. It's ongoing mm -hmm. all day. Think that you're doing all the statistics of each and every shopper that enters the shop. So in the beginning, maybe there will be some, you know, blind spots, like we don't see everything, but we see most of it. So we can recognize most of the problems. And after a certain time, if the retailer wants to upgrade, we can put like our own cameras. Like in Israel, we add some cameras, but most of the chains that we're working with, we don't need. You don't need to add anything. And what, what's your thinking as far as U.S. retail? Do they have enough security cameras? It's the same deal that you're going to get more than enough to, to get going? 
So it's it's interesting, this question. So the, our first time we touched base with America was at the NRF. We didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Ari in our team, and she's very experienced, but all of us came from Israel. So what we found out in the NRF, actually, one of the meetings that we've conducted there, so the VP marketing told me, she was like, we have like $30,000 worth of security cameras in our store, and we're not doing anything with it. <laughs> and basically, now you're saying that we can earn money from that? Well, let me make sure I understand. They're using those cameras for security purposes. They're exactly. just not using them. So 100 years ago, when I was back in retail, we were not, I can say it because the company's out of business now, Mervyn's, we were not allowed as managers to use LP cameras for observing employees just from a performance perspective. That was absolutely verboten. LP didn't wouldn't allow us to even do that because we were all like, can I just look, instead of walking all over this distribution center, can I just sit here? It's so already know, there. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that still the... the is, is that sell something you're going to have to battle with LP that, hey, we actually want to use your cameras for other reasons? I could get where they don't want you to be moving their cameras, but is that an issue or is that have we already moved past that? And so today they are looking at these, they're looking for performance. Those are some of the problems and issues that we heard from the industry while we were at NRF. And also for security matters, there is a big thief thing right now, right? Yeah. Yes, there is. I think is. you're a little familiar with that, Chuck. Yes, I'm, I live in California, so yes, they're <laughs> yeah. very familiar with that. Yeah. It's not even an LP. It's more a, more a political thing of, of we're no longer prosecuting crimes and you know, less than 900 bucks, so you can literally steal $800 worth of stuff. Yeah, so we heard that a lot from, from a lot of retailers. Like they're, they're, they're believing that they have, there is a very high percentage today of thief that is going on in the store. Mm-hmm. And they can't really see everything, even with their security cameras. So today they're using that for security and so for performance as well, mm-hmm. trying to. It's not an issue. And basically our software is fully anonymously. If you saw the movie, everything is mm-hmm. blur. I'm right. not looking to understand who is the person personally. Right. I'm not looking to understand the problem. problem with the touches, with the body movements. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. So with, with that being said, there is no problem. Wow. wow. Very okay. cool. Well, and I guess at, at the end of the day, too, for, compared to when you're thinking, Jeff, now, oh. these are all IP-based cameras. Yeah. So everything is a video stream being stored in a server somewhere that even LP exactly. is using yeah. to go back to bring back footage. So oh. now you're just taking it. You can take advantage of that same IP stream for a completely different purpose and, and let marketing have some advantages, let store operations have advantage. Or you're ex- extending the usefulness of the equipment that's already there. Yeah. yeah so exactly. you're just literally just adding yeah. another budget to, to, to buying that, that infrastructure. Yeah. So right. that's, that's right. fantastic. It's bringing a lot more value that way. Wow. Yeah. And it's, th- this is the exact point. So it's already there. They're not making money out of it. I'm not really sure how many thieves <laughs> <Right>. they're catching <laughs> from it. So then yeah. we come and then we bring them, look, you get information. You get ability. By the way, all this data that we're collecting, we're doing A-B tests. So, mm. you know, in online, we're saying right. like there is the, the certain color that you're choosing for the button. Which mm-hmm. color convert more? It's right. very easy right. to change, or change online, yeah. offline. You can see that now, right? Exactly. You'll be able to actually show. So we are changing like things. We're yeah. moving things and you see the conversion matrix mm-hmm. go up or down. Right. And we want to really be better for the shoppers. And we're looking for, this is why I showed the map, like each and every area. In New York, there are different needs than in Texas. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Makes sense, yeah. So why, does, why doesn't it why look different? You, yeah, why not adapt it? Yeah. And you wow. speak about health. If we see in a certain city in Israel that there is more people who are looking for the 
ingredients and looking to buy healthier food. So why don't you as a retailer put more shelves for healthy people? Like there is a lot of products, put more. Like make it more accurate to the people around. And then if you see that there is a store which has all the, I don't know, best, healthiest food, Mm -hmm. you would like to go to check it out because right now you're keeping your diet, you're keeping your health. So the store will be better for you. Up until today, there were, you know, all the managers were, were gathering data by doing this market research once a year. And here you can see how shoppers change and their needs and to be connected to their needs daily. Yeah. Gosh, that's... So you got yeah, some I'm, I'm advantages. Stu- I'm stu- you're validating some planograms. You've got exactly. benefits for the category managers. Exactly. Lots of different roles that can... Can you imagine benefit. e-com world without Google Analytics? Let's say now we <laughs> right, want to sell right. this product or this computer and we're a team. And I will tell you guys, listen, I'm doing e-com. I'm specialized with, you know, users analytics. You will bring me the product. I'm going to build the website and do the sales. So we did this business partnership and now mm-hmm. I open a website and then what I, I tell you guys, after one week, we sold 1,000 computers. Is that good? Sounds good, right? right? And the next week we sold 2,000 computers. But then I would expect you to ask me from how many people who interacted, right? right? Like right. what Out is the how fr- many people that didn't ex- buy. Like this is the first <laughs> right. question, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, they don't the have this answer, like the basic answer, like conversion right. funnel, like... And then you have it all the time. And if you see that in the first week we had, I don't know, like 100,000 people in the website. And the next week I had 500,000 people in the website. And it go just with from 1,000 to 2,000. Like, You know, the question yeah. I'd love to have answered is how many people do that struggle engagement with a product? Meaning, because if you, you know, looking at my behavior in the last three, three months, every single thing I buy at a grocery store, I'm, I'm looking at the ingredients, every single thing. And, you know, I'm now I'm going to be making that. I'll be thinking of you folks. I'll be making that face. Mm-hmm. Ah, put something back if it's. <laughs> you do it. It's, it's but, like not rational movement. But what I want to know, what would be really fascinating to know is how many, how many, let's say 100 people looked at a product. How many looked and, and put it in their shopping cart or, or put it back? Because that might also be a really interesting indicator. Hey, wait a minute. A lot of people are looking at your product. But boy, they look at those carbs, they look at those calories, or they look at that and put it back. That would be really cool too. That yeah. might be the, that yeah. might be the biggest opportunity to yeah. maybe bring some some more enlightenment to what I, we're. I mean, what I we're think eating. what I'm hearing is you can, you can be even more granular than that because if I pick up the product off the shelf, the way you are measuring this, if I turn it around to look at the ingredients, so the ingredients are always on the back, yep. right? You'll know that. You'll, your data will show that. Well, the yeah. reason the person put it back is because they turned it around. Turn it around. So. You can you can make a logical assumption if they turned it around, they'll check the ingredient list, and that's why they put it back. Yeah. If they picked it up, looked at the packaging, and put it back, then you might say to the retailer, "Well, there's something wrong with their packaging." Interesting. And, and they should go back to, to the see... brand and talk about redoing the packaging. Exactly, but we're looking to see not just you. Remember, it's big numbers. But yes. Yeah. How? So it's right across all your stores, across all yeah. the customers that went yeah, by. Exactly. If you know, fifty percent of them picked it up and put it back. Did fifty percent of those do it? Suddenly, you know that fifty percent yeah. put it back. They, you know what you it didn't is... know before. But exactly. the mo- most important thing, then we can see what was the other products they touched next. What is, well, was it right. healthier? Right. So what Which did they one did they buy instead? in the end? Did they buy that's a healthier right. product? Boy, could oh, you imagine wow. what our friend at George Mason oh, University what we do could do with that with data? data? <laughs> that's right. I mean, just you analyzing. Have a field day looking at that data. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Wow. So this is exactly it, just to, the, to explain it a little further. So the numbers that everybody knows, it's the numbers that, it's in the cashier, right? Mm-hmm. How many? What is the market share? What is the market share? They're looking to to raise that all the time. But this number, like 
they already interacted, they touched it and put it back. So there are some categories that reach to 70% abandoned rate, 70%. And what you see, this is very interesting, that from those 70%, like you can see more than 60%, most of the time, the same problem. Interesting. So if you change a small thing, you can convert those 60%, 60%. because they already show the interest. It's not just stopping, it's not mm -hmm. just looking. They, you touched it already. Think about right. this moment. You touch, you look at it. All you need to do is, right? Which is in some ways more than what you would know on the e-com exactly. side, because all you know on the e-com side is that you went to the product page, but you don't exactly. know anything about other than how long you had that page open, which doesn't necessarily tell you anything about intent. But here you actually know, and you can know that they make a face at it, right? So you have all these other factors time. that you're measuring. What is the average time in a specific category? In snacks category, it's lower than other categories because snacks, it's like more impulse. Mm -hmm. Like cashier area, you know, always the cashier area, we say right. to put impulse product. Who said, who said that? <laughs> Why? You know what we're Why? doing today? We're, we're when we're next to the cashier, we're playing with our checking phone. Your phone. Everyone's checking so their there's phone. no focus yeah. to the outside. Right. And this is the most expensive area today mm -hmm. in the store. But you're like this, or maybe right. with your child, or maybe with right. your friend. Like everything is changed. Because that was a theory that a grocer exactly. decided 80 years ago made exactly. sense to do. And you know the theory that you said that it should be an eye level to sell more. Mm -hmm. Who said that? Is it really true? It's still true. Yeah. Exactly. No, and you know. once you discovered this, you understand the problem. We saw it in one product. Uh, it was Mentos. <laughs> Mentos gum, you know, the... Mm -hmm. So Mentos Gam want to, to understand what is their problem. And the VP marketing was like, listen, Lenore, my problem is that I'm not on the eye level. And I'm like, okay, let's check. And what we saw that in the cashier area, if you managed to put away your phone, what got you attracted to the shelf was the Mentos color. Hmm. Interesting. You know the colors, it's like mm, a yeah, colorful. Right, right. So we saw shoppers, once they le left the phone, looking at the color, the color attract them to come. They came, the touch, that was their first touch. Come touch the Bentos, look at it, put it back and took the competitive. Hmm. And the competitive back then when we started was 47% market share and Mentos was 29. And what we told Mentos, it's a simple thing. Listen, guys, people are looking for you. You're the anchor. They're not purchasing you. So they never saw this kind of data. You need to move around from the competition. Once they move around away from the competition in a different shelf, they got like 200% uh, uplift. Hmm. And today, after a year, Mentos is almost 49% market share. Wow. And the competitive really is 27. But listen, it's a small insight. So we're not saying push it to people that don't want. If a person, mm -hmm. a shopper interacted, something got interested. Right. So This was just grabbing more conversion from people who were already showed some intent in your product. Exactly. It's crazy, hmm. right? Yeah fascinating yeah no i uh i mean i overwhelmed you guys i'm sorry <laughs> oh, yeah that's well that's what we get paid to do we get paid <laughs> to be overwhelmed actually no i mean i just i just i just love this idea in that i don't have to put in new infrastructure because i've seen it all i mean i've seen the concept of flying a drone down an aisle which is insanity robots stuff right. on rails i mean i've seen it all and you know it's me, myself as an analyst, it's not my job to say, oh, that's good or that, well, it is a little bit, but it's more, you know, what retailers are going to embrace. And the problem I always have with startups that are some of the smartest people in the room, but they'll come in and say, hey, I can do this. And, and then I have, I'm the guy that has to say, do you understand there's 5,000 stores? 
Right. So you're so what you're doing times five thousand times five thousand, and you just right. see the air just go out of people. And, so I right. have scars from what you're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we learned it. We learned it. Well, we welcome to America because yeah. that, that is <laughs> not unheard of to yeah, have 5,000. Most of the people you'd be talking to are going to have 1,000 stores. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is why we were important. waiting, guys. We were waiting to the moment that mm -hmm. will be scalable yeah, enough interesting. that we have Very the best features that we can because once you go on scale, mm -hmm. there are features that are left behind, unfortunately. Right. But this is what we were trying to build. And when we saw that it's working... And we can bring it here and mm -hmm. still be in the professional level that we want it to be. Then we came and, and, and you just mentioned something, but I think I can say a little bit more about it is that today we come with compassion when we see retailers. I didn't understand how hard it is to run a chain. <laughs> it's like a war yeah. zone. Right. Really. It's, it's like each day you go to, I was a captain in the IDF mm -hmm. in the A200 mm -hmm. and you know, like operational so i know what it is like your phone is always your all the day like you know try to fix problems and make sure that everything is working this is like for you know a manager in, in a retail store mm -hmm. big managers and then we come and say hey we come to save the world exactly yeah and exactly. and and so today we come with compassion we're saying we want to take the burden you know with you guys and we understand how it's working we understand your problems we understand the pressure and we want to take some mm -hmm. let us help you and yeah. this is the idea yeah, let me give you some feedback on that. Typically, what I hear startups do is come in and start off by insulting the retailer, saying, "Oh, you really don't know what you're doing. I'm 26 years old, and I'm, you know, I'm an engineer out of Stanford, and here I'm here to fix you. And I'm, I've sat with 50 and 60 year old CIOs that just mad as pajabbers because, listen, you have no idea what it's like to work 24 seven, 365." when every single person in the store has a phone is just waiting for something bad to happen so they can video it and then and hopefully go viral. And it's like the biggest mistake. And I see it again and again and again. Startups will come in and say, hey, you know, you don't. And it's, it's I don't think they believe it. I think it's a throwaway line. But I just, you could not be more insulting. Not, not you, but that person could not be more insulting if they tried. And it's a very bad strategy to start a pitch by insulting the person that you're asking to buy the technology. So that's, I, yeah. I, you know, I congratulate you on being, being really, really savvy about, mm -hmm. about how words impact people. And No, and we because we understand yeah. that. We really understand that. We see it. We are working with retailers. We come mm -hmm. from, the, from the store, we say the field, but we come from the store. We understand like... It took us some time. We didn't start it like this. In the beginning, this is why I say I'm scarred about it because, listen, when you come from a different, like, technology-wise to mm -hmm. this industry and you're like, what's going on here? Why are they working like this? Why not like this? You come with a lot of, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, arrogance, mm -hmm. but, like, you don't really understand. You don't understand. You're right. You don't, don't have no, it, it is arrogance. It's 100% arrogance. Yeah. People that don't, don't listen to, you know, Somebody's we cannot problem. understand that. Yeah. Just, yeah. just. I mean, first yeah. of all, there's an old there's an old cowboy expression that says, "Before you tear down an old fence, know why it was there." Correct. Somebody right. put that fence there. Right. Exactly. Why? Why? Wow, and, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, you have to understand their why. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it took some times, and after we understand and learn, one of our investors is a retailer. So we got like, you know, one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. Very cool. There you go. Yeah. So we got, I want to say like the slap from here and a slap from there. <laughs> and then today we understand that and we come with this, why I say compassion because we need to help. We don't need to put some more pressure. You know, I sat with, 
I remember that was the first time I met an American retailer, a CEO, mm-hmm. has 1,200 stores. And I was like pitching and you know, like, ah, it's my baby and da, 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 da. <laughs> and he was like, listen, young dear from Israel. <laughs> With a very heavy Texan accent. It was, I remember that. And he was like, I don't have time or effort for your mumbo jumbo technology. But if you can show me 5% growth, I will put t-shirt with your name on it on every employee in my store. <laughs> Done. So I heard that uh, line before, I think. You know what I mean? So I understand, like, yeah. it's the same. That's, mm-hmm. that's some pretty good coaching you got there yeah, on that that's one right. for sure. Yeah, that was, that was pretty strong there. Come with compassion. Right. Understand if you really want yeah. to work in this space, mm-hmm. be the retailer, like walk that's the right. walk, talk the yeah. walk, understand how you can really help and not just come and say how sophisticated you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? It should work. I need help. Right. Right now. Yes. I'm fighting right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, so this exactly. is the idea and this is the school that we've got and this is why we come here with very, yeah, we have a team with very experienced people. We have history in Israel for the past four years and we're looking for our partners here. Well, excellent. I like hearing that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sounds it's good. different, well, right? It's different. It's different. No, I'll give you that. I mean, listen, I've heard a good approach. hundreds of pitches, and I'm, I I typically wait for that that arrogance mm-hmm. to start. Right. And when it when the feedback when they ask for feedback, if I heard, I mean, I've heard it hundreds of times. I, I mean, I hit so hard because it's so. And the, and the where thing are is, they now? Well, I mean, some have done well, some haven't because they learn, you know. But the point is, why? Why? I mean, why? I mean, I, I guess that's the whole point of what I do in my podcast is I try to bring startup stories of like. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. I mean, it's more don't do than do, but that's, but I mean, I, gosh, I've just sat in that seat so many times. And RefTech, I, I can remember very vividly a couple of our friends and I were watching that presentation and the guy just started off and it just, it was a throwaway line. And, and I won't say who, but they wouldn't even mind, but they just grimaced. It's like, I'm, I'll never do yeah. this with that guy. Yeah. That's so insulting. Wow. So, right. Anyway, oh. right. Yep. Yeah, no, very it's good. good. It's a lesson that has well, has to be learned sometimes. Yeah. Well, Lenore, Ari, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This has been a fascinating discussion. Uh, I think we've learned a lot here about how to approach retailers in one part of the discussion, but I'm really, truly fascinated by the approach you've taken with this technology and how you're delivering that to retailers. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. What a great discussion. I love the closing bit about compassion and how Jeff explained what every startup should know. To not come across as arrogant in making your pitch, but then again, maybe he hasn't heard my perfect pitch. There's no arrogance there. And I'm always full of compassion. I've been on yes. that side. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So true. So what, what did you think of their approach to analytics? It is fascinating not just because they're leveraging existing video cameras. I mean, I think we've all seen other video analytics solutions before, but Shopper AI is really attacking the insights in a different way, focusing on the big numbers, as Lenore put it, showing you across your whole fleet of stores what consumers are doing, how they're reacting to products. I can just see so many A-B testing opportunities you could do to learn more about your stores better and to feed that data and insights back into the brands you work with. I'm already seeing another B2B services tie-in, just like we keep talking about. Yeah, I totally agree. And I hope Lenore and Ari find ways to lean into that line of thought with the B2B offering that retailers can deliver to their brands. 
by using this solution. It's a super interesting approach. I hope listeners and viewers agree. So who's coming up next in this series? Got any hints for us? Well, you know me when it comes to hints for these. So all I'll say is we've got one more startup that Jeff and I met with, and then we close it out with another of my favorite chats with some retail friends. So listeners and viewers will have to stick around to see who it is. But now I do want to thank both Lenore and Ari for joining Jeff and me for this discussion. Thank you both so much for joining us. So with that, Ricardo, it's time for us to wrap this second episode of our Shop Talk live miniseries crossover with Jeff Roster and This Week in Innovation. It's a wrap. And a mouth. It is. <laughs> If you enjoyed our shows this season, especially our podcast crossover events, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a minute. Plus, you can watch us, not just listen, on our YouTube channel and like and comment about this season there too. And if you want to know more about what we talked about today, including a transcript, of each episode, take a look at our show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. And if you'd like to connect with us and share your thoughts on this season and the crossover series, follow us on Twitter at KCC Golden and Ricardo underscore Belmar, or find us on LinkedIn. Be sure and follow the show on Twitter and LinkedIn at Retail Razor for the latest updates. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is the Retail Razor Show.